today on Rebuilders, we are chatting with Terry Walling and today we are looking at some new postures that mm. he has been exploring in his own life. Mm. Yeah, these are postures which point towards renewal, but not just renewal that happens once, a life of continual renewal, renewal for the church, renewal for individuals and ways that I think we can begin to see the contours of the next thing that God is going to do. So it's a great episode. Yeah, we're looking forward to sharing it with you. If you um, want to know a little bit more and get some behind the scenes uh, information, you can subscribe to our mailing list by heading to rebuilders.co. Let's get into it. Hi, welcome to Rebuilders. My name is Liddy. I'm here with Mark, with Daniel, and with Terry Walling. Hey, 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 hey. Woo! Good to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Don't sound Mark, so I'm, excited, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, were you just stifling a yawn? <laughs> no, no. Well, we just, we, are you falling asleep? We're on to episode three. Monday afternoon. I just had, um, well, we had our renewal sessions last night, which we was did. great. So it was yeah. a big day at church and uh, done multiple episodes today, plus a big bowl of noodles and dumplings. So, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. They were beautiful though. It was a delicious yeah. lunch. Yeah. Oh. Yes. What's the, um, I feel like like in some cultures this would be now siesta time, yeah? Mm-hmm. What's the history of siestas, Mark? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> no. Oh. What? <laughs> um, uh, you're well, the history is called micro sabbaths. Oh, siesta means six hour. Six, six hour. hour. Oh, you get six to the six hour. hour. Ooh. Yeah, I was, was going to get in a whole making up something around micro sabbaths and... You know, because I just want to create a new viral phenomenon. <laughs> micro Sabbaths. Yeah. Oh, if you're my. doing a, da- a weekly Sabbath stop, you need to do micro Sabbaths. <laughs> Every six hours I have a Sabbath. Mark, we need a new book. <laughs> <laughs> micro new Sabbaths. Book. Uh, micro Sabbaths. Yeah, yeah. Love it. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were about to say something, Daniel. No, I was no, just no. commenting. Just, just, okay, I'm, good. I'm enjoying this. You were having a micro Sabbath. <laughs> I was just, just had a quick micro Sabbath thing. I think uh, my yeah. brain had a micro Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. I get so much more done with micro Sabbaths. <laughs> <laughs> Where is this discussion going? Uh, <laughs> more news on a micro Sabbath yeah. in a future episode. But today yeah. we um, are talking about, I guess, I guess a notion that you kind of brought up in uh, our first episode with hmm. you and you've, you've definitely mentioned it before about um, what's got you here is not going to get you there. Right. So things that you learn in a transition and part of getting the the most out of a transition is to understand that there are things, some things that are going to need to change. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And so um, when we were talking about, you know, uh, looking at, what a renewal could look like, right. what, what's emerging right. at the moment, these spot fires mm. that are occurring. There are things, there are forms and structures in the Western church that kind of need to be undone. Right. Um, so in your experience, Terry, what have you noticed about um, some new postures that might be mm. important to take mm. us to the new place? Mm. Well, I think it's first important, even though, you know, some like the term, some some don't like the term, to acknowledge that if we're going to get to the end and finish well, both as individuals and really as the church, then we're going to have to go through a series of paradigm shifts. Mm-hmm. So when I say what got us here won't take us there, mm-hmm. we're going to have to see ourselves, God, leadership, the church, um, the whole issue of context. We're going to have to see those differently mm-hmm. 
if we're going to get to the place where we're still in love with Jesus at the end and in the beginning, focused on his mission and still uh, choosing to live a sacrificial life. Mm-hmm. So that that has been part of my own personal journey in the last uh, few years to basically realize, you know, it's this stuff's a lot easier to teach than live out. And there's some significant paradigm shifts that have actually been holding me back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the reality is it's holding leadership back. It's holding the church back many times by not recognizing that what got us here was really a lot of it, you know, good and helpful. Mm-hmm. But it it won't necessarily be the same worldview and the same approach to take us there if we're going to continue on with God, what God's at work doing. So yeah. I, I just identified about five different of these paradigms that I've been noticing and apply from coaching leaders all over the world yeah. in terms of making the change and also coaching individuals who let's just be honest, are a little bit older, but not done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They haven't checked out. Mm. They are still part of the church. And even there's, uh, you know, some of them that are part of your guys' constituency and the people you guys are reaching mm-hmm. to help them see, okay, we can get there, but it's going to take shifts. It's going to yeah. take seeing things differently. So the first one for me was, um, we have adopted in the in the church, the attractional church, and we've adopted a paradigm, I think, overall in the church that's an import from the West that says it's all got to be based on our planning mm-hmm. and our, mm-hmm. our actually, you know, going through the process of figuring out where we're going to be in five years. Then we work backwards in our five mm-hmm. years. We start doing it now. Yeah. And it, it actually, then we incrementally get there. Mm. Uh, was that a helpful paradigm? Well, when the change and the global wasn't connected and all of that, you know, it kind of worked. Mm. Uh, there's a part of it that I did for 30 years with the church mm. in terms of helping come alongside churches. And I led yeah. strategic planning processes. Mm. Is planning wrong, Terry? No. Mm. But we need to adopt the posture now of interruption. Mm. And that posture is we've got to come to the point of recognizing God's moving in. Mm that we don't know where it's going. Mm-hmm. And pushing the planning button right now is not going to be helpful. Yeah. The button we got to push is the surrender and obedience button. Mm. Mm. And follow him to a new place. Mm. Like Abraham had to follow without knowing where he was going. Abraham mm. could not put the strategic plan together because he had no idea what the destination was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the error that we're in right mm. now. So you want me to kind of go down through these? You want to talk about each one? How do you want to? Oh, you I know, think it'd be it'd be interesting. Like um, perhaps even if we sort of vibed off each one. Yeah, um, yes, that's yeah. fine with the vibe. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. One thing I've noticed uh, just in the culture of late, and really it's only been the last few months. And there's a few books come out, um, but in the secular world, there seemed to be a backlash against consultancy. Mm. And you know, there's a book I think it's called When McKinsey Came to Town, and there's another book which is coming out. I heard a podcast. I've forgotten the author, but it was really. Sort of almost how people have outsourced um, that sort of strategic yep. vision yep. out of the church, and you know, some of it's also pushback on how powerful and huge some of these international consultant companies are. So I don't want to muddy the waters too much here, but I, I wonder if it, if you see there's an element where 
we're almost having to go and try and find vision, mm-hmm. like and, and even have that concept of vision. Right. And I remember, I think it was George Barner wrote a book on right. vision. It was really big and everyone was writing vision statements. And again, to think really helpful. But um, I'm just wondering, have what people seeking vision mm. without seeking God? Right. And I also remember too, there was often a thing where it was like, oh, get all the people in your church mm. to contribute and then together you, you're going to come up with the vision. Right. Um, yeah, I'd just be interested in your thoughts on that. Well, I think... I think the switch is not do nothing. Yeah. The switch is a, is a posture away from having to determine the vision because we don't know where it's going to now clarifying and behaving around the values. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a switch to more of a values driven mm-hmm. um, operation together. If mm-hmm. operation is probably not the right word, but it's values driven versus vision driven. Mm-hmm. And it's leaders' responsibility to help to actually make sure that our behavior is matching the things that we value. Mm. So part and parcel of what we're doing, that still takes some organization, some thought, some mm. planning, whatever. But that getting everybody's fingerprint on it, therefore mm. we can move forward kind mm. of a deal, sometimes skews the values because now we're valuing what everybody wants versus the fewer key things that are holding us that we all want. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the synergy needs to be built around those Mm. few core values that Mm. makes us us. Mm. How are we behaving accordingly? And what is it Mm. that in the days ahead we can do to reinforce those values Mm. and even advance our thinking on how we can best be this kind Mm. of people? So I, you know, it, I did a ton of planning, but right Mm. now with where we're at, it's kind of like pack your bags, go. Mm. But here's how you stay on the road. Mm. Here's here's the guards that keep you moving. Mm. Uh, keeps the car on the road, and that's the values. Mm. So yeah. they, those are the things that keep us now moving down the road, as opposed to this compelling vision mm. of a place we don't even know about. Mm. Mm. It's almost impossible. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah, first yeah. one. Mm. Great. Um, the second one. Posture of stillness has to do with this battle of intimacy or being and doing. Mm-hmm. And most people who get into leadership or most people who are involved in leadership are doing oriented. Yeah. Mm. And this is actually now a, a return back to uh, the presence of God and being. Mm. Mm. A deeper work within us. Not getting lost in mysticism, mm. but recognizing that us being with him is now the greatest need that we have as opposed to doing for him. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's mm. a false guilt I think we created in the boomer deal that you were always achieving. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, right now it's we're always aligning. Mm. We're always we're always accomplishing. Mm. You know, right now, it's always a, a, a moment in time where we're actually investing in our personal journeys. Yeah. So it's not just staying in that place, but it's actually putting that in the lead. We're going to do out of B yeah. versus, you know, we're going to uh, uh, continue to do hoping that we, it'll produce being. Yes, yes. You know, we're, I think in our generation, we were thinking that if the more we do, the more we'll get closer to God. Yes, yes. No. The more we're closer to God, the more we understand what he wants us to do. So yes. it's that reposturing of ourselves 
that if we're not accomplishing, we're not failing God. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually probably in our own self becoming more like him. Mm. And the things that happen through our life are not necessarily all the great buildings we build. Yeah. But it's the fact that we stopped and took time with that person. Yes. Mm. Why? Because we're more connected to a God who said, love thy neighbor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Versus build, you know, build that building kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's Wu Wei in Chinese. There's a strategic concept of not, of being still. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think the saying is, you know, like a man standing in a river is still doing something because in a sense you're not moving but you're resisting against the water mm. and it is a such a different cultural paradigm than totally. what we're used to because totally. we just like move move you know take ground go forward and and i do wonder at times yeah that 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 stillness is the beginning as you're saying really a bit of closeness do you yep. know what i mean like yep. if you're never with someone you're constantly yep. moving it's impossible to have a relationship yep. um, but that is a totally different totally paradigm different to mm. how we we haven't you know someone just sitting there we think they're doing nothing you know right. what i mean like and and, and also too, like even I just think as well for leaders, you know, now I realized this the other day, no one's bored anymore because mm. we're constantly stimulated. And, wow. I, and I wonder if stillness is yeah. countercultural yep. because boredom is actually the fuel for creativity. Yep. Totally, yeah. yeah. Yep. So like wow. we can never get to new things because we're constantly never getting bored. Yeah. yeah. And I remember when I was like a teenager, you know, back in the time before, the internet had really you know, taken off and and we were constantly coming up with crazy creative things to do because we were bored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and this is kind of like I said earlier on, Lydia, this has kind of been my journey a little bit. You know, I was yeah. always moving, always accomplishing. Let's do the boomer. Let's do something great for God. Yeah. Not in and of itself evil yeah. or bad, but what it did, it produced a church now that actually ends up in America getting assessed yeah. mile wide inch deep. Yes, yes. Yeah. Not not the depth of it. Yes. And therefore we're doing activity that I think people look at and go, well, actually that that's even been done better in the secular world or mm. whatever. Yes, yes. Versus, oh, whoa, there's something here that's different. Yes. That I, w- I want to kind of pursue, which takes us to the third one, which was the posture I've learned of wholeheartedness. Mm. Mm. And this this has been a real hard one because once once I got through it, it it was unbelievably freeing. But because the church is so compartmentalized, um, wholeheartedness is about causing everything of being around apprenticing the life of Jesus. Yeah. As uh. opposed to doing the things that Jesus did. How do, how do I become who he is? Yeah, right. Okay. Can you give us an example? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, it's it's too common, so forgive me. But anyways, um, you know, flew all around the world, had no idea who my neighbors were. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Flew, yeah. talked, helped the leaders, got on Zoom, everything like that. No idea. Yeah. Um, now it's like, you know, I, that doesn't align very well mm-hmm. with what I hear and see in the life of Jesus. Yeah. I, I'm going to do, it sounds so simple, but I'm just going to do the simple thing of put a chair out, put our, bring our barbecue out. We got a big driveway, sit around and start talking. Yeah. yeah. 
And I'm thinking of Jesus going to Matthew's house, and I'm thinking of Jesus going to Zacchaeus, and I'm thinking of, wow, I, the, what am I doing? I'm, mm. I'm, I'm carrying out all these activities mm. and defining it as being fully committed. Mm. But he doesn't really have my whole heart. Mm. What yeah. he really, and, and it's not consuming my actions, it's mm. actually just fulfilling my things to do things. Yes, mm. yes. So wholeheartedness then has swept into what I think about other people and how I view them. And yeah. in America, mm. the race thing and the gender mm. thing and mm. all of that. I didn't look anywhere near like him. Mm. I looked like, you know, the latest news media outlet thing or whatever. So yeah. it, it's now, I've got to realize the Christian life is not something I tick off. We all know that. It's something that I am. Yeah. Mm. How much does my life match his life? Yeah. Wholeheartedness. Yeah. yeah. Fully surrendered. Yeah. A lot of boomers, I think, would tell you, or a lot of people who are older would tell you, I've gone to church all these years, and yet there's a lot of things in me Mm. that don't represent his life. Yeah. 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 How do I get back to being who he is? Yeah, that's yeah. good. Sorry, I just hit the microphone, Daniel. Uh, (laughs) Carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually reminds me of... um, God reminded me of the uh, passage in Corinthians, which is so often used in weddings, but the, you know, love is patient, love is kind. Yeah. And I reread it the other night and I was so just struck by the hmm. call to love and what love actually looks like. Yeah. yeah. And it just, yeah, yes, it, it looks that. exactly the wholeheartedness that you, yeah, yeah. that you were talking about. And it's hard because we've, convinced ourselves for 40 years it's about going to church Mm. it's not necessarily not about that but it really is about being apprentice of jesus Mm. and it was really hard to get to the point to say i've been a church attender but i'm not a church apprentice yeah i mean i'm not a jesus Jesus apprentice. apprentice yeah yeah Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Um, and I wonder too, like, I think for for older generations are very much about duty. Yep. You mm. know, you very. went because that's how you got identity or whatever. Yep. And then I wonder whether younger generations or emerging generations or whatever, or perhaps the last 30, 40 years, has also been about life maximization. Come yeah. so that mm. learn how you can do this and here's a sermon mm. on this and, and your money and how, you know, like that's almost what the church has repositioned itself. So it's gone, come because you're a Presbyterian and you must come to yep. come with all these great programs and we can make your life better. But almost both of them are falling down. Yeah. Yeah. And and now it's that wholeheartedness. It's coming to be an apprentice of Jesus, yeah. you know. Um, and even you can try and do that programmatically. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yep. But, yeah, you're talking about and and what you spoke about too, Lydia, it's that, that sense of love being caught in, in Jesus' love so you want to become like him. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And some encouragement there, my life, I want to I wanna live again. Mm. In other words, I, I, I want my life to be a life that looks more like him and less like mm. me. Mm. Yeah, Not yeah. in belief, but behavior. Yes. 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 Yeah. And, and that, it scares everything out of me and brings yeah. all the excitement back. Because that's pretty countercultural. I don't want my life to look like yeah. my life. Because yeah. the whole thing is promising you can discover who you are yeah. versus discovering yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. I know this is hard to believe, but the Western church is educated way beyond its level of obedience. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So with that, I want to move toward obeying. Yeah. 
I don't think the issue anymore is just accumulating information. It's by willingly put yourself in a place of being transformed. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. And we think as a boomer or we think as a church attender, well, that's happened through the years of attendance. Yeah. Discipling is lifelong. No, yeah. it needs to be reimagined and happen now. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two others, quick ones. Um, yeah. How about the posture of surrender? Um, I need to go after the fact of all the things that I don't know as mm. opposed to the things that I do know. And going after a life that looks more like a learner mm. than a teacher. Yeah. And a life that looks more like somebody who is discovering yeah. Versus somebody who has postures themselves as arrived. Yeah. So I want to learn all I can from those who are starting the journey and as opposed to all those who have it together at the end of the journey. Yeah. 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 And I, I want to quit saying things. I didn't get into it too bad, but quit saying things. Well, I'm going to leave it now to the younger people because I've done my bit. Yeah. No, I'm going to actually learn now from the younger people and let them mentor and coach me because yeah. I want to make sure I'm a part of it, mm. what God wants. Yeah. yeah. So that for leaders in particular, that is actually the ability to not just continue to recreate a program or recreate a schedule, Yeah. but create within that new learnings that we go after together. Yes. Mm. Segments yes. of the population we need to better understand yeah. so that we can love. Things that actually seem so counter to what we first believe. I mean, I'll show you how old I am. I remember when the conversation of spiritual gifts was radical. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> then, don't go old wild like old wild lady. I mean, you know. But, but the reality, it was like, what? We're talking about spirit? You know. I mean, today it's like, Almost passe kind uh, of idea. Yeah. yeah. We got to go after the things that we don't know about. Mm. I'll even be, you know, for the American church, we got to quit denying the issue that the church has never been involved in racism and all those. What do you mean it has? Mm. How do we start moving toward the things that I think in the end are causing so many to be alienated from the church mm. as opposed to want to consider the truth. Yeah. But it happens when we surrender that we yeah. already know. Mm. Yeah. Mark, you look like you have something so powerful to say. Go Honest, on. my brain's always ticking away. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, it's interesting as you say that because in some sense, could one say, like you've, you know, you mentioned before finishing well. Yeah. And we talk about that as an individual. And it's just interesting. I think about these three um, episodes we've done and, they're yeah. separate, but there's an overarching narrative. And, you know, we began talking about the sort of renewal that happened in the late 60s, early 70s, which was that sort of first moment for um, the baby boomer mm -hmm. generation. And in a sense, is it not just about individuals not finishing well, but almost I'm hearing what you're saying too. There's a, there's a, there's a, 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 a grief yeah. in your heart yeah. that you see the generation starting well, but perhaps not finishing yeah. well. Mm. Oh, totally. So it's not just, you, you've studied that in totally. the lives of leaders, but I'm hearing that in, in a no, generation. No. I, and, and that you are hearing correctly. Yeah. It breaks mm. my heart. Mm. I mean, I want us to finish well as mm. much as uh, 
you know, almost as much as I want myself to finish well. Yeah, yeah. Do you know one of the definitions of, of finishing well or one of the key characteristics is lifelong learner? Yeah. Mm. One of the greatest things a younger leader can see is an older leader still learning. Yeah. Still changing, mm. yeah. Still going after the new. Yeah. There's so much more. Mm. Go move beyond where you are. Yeah. Move beyond what you know. Yeah. Into the things that he's doing. Yes. To help you know in a greater way who he is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you're right on the nose. I just feel like it started with an unbelievable moment. Yeah. The Jesus movement. Yeah. And I think we kind of actually went down from there by grabbing it, organizing it, yeah. politicizing it, and actually turning it into something the, the world really wanted nothing to do with. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That breaks my heart. And it's almost like, you know, you can have that, you almost become a, you know, it's like the performer who was some young, fantastic thing yep. performing, and then yep. near the end they look like a parody yep. of themselves, you yep. know. And, and how we all sit almost back and look with, yeah. oh, that's a shame, isn't yeah, it? You yeah. Know? yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they could be so much more. They could be <laughs> handing it off or yeah, they could yeah. be doing all that that stuff. Yeah. That's amazing. Which really takes me to the the last posture. Mm. And th I think this is the hardest. Yeah. The posture of together. Yeah. I think we created false community in the baby boomer world. Hmm. It, and it's a small group movement, what you're talking about, Terry. No, what I'm talking about is doing life together. And... I, most of my generation does the life that it wants, mm. but not the life that it needs to be done together. So mm. it'll, we'll have sit around, we'll have coffee, we'll talk, we'll mm. banter back and forth. Mm. Let's do a few little small group, you know, neighbor nudges, discussions mm. or whatever, and mm. go home. Yeah. Mm. That is not community. Mm. That That is maybe some genuine fellowship or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I think in the days ahead, we have to do it together. Mm. Yeah. And I've got to expose myself to other people. And that learning of life together yeah. is more and more, I think, what I see when Jesus' methods was to do it with them mm. together. Mm. And it was the together that changed them more than even sometimes all of the great messages. Yeah. It was mm. having to work it through together. Yeah. Mm. So what are you saying, Terry? We gotta we gotta re-engage back into not just being in a small group. We gotta yeah. re-engage. What does it look like when six to ten to twelve of us decide how do we together become more like Jesus? Yeah. Mm. Invest more of our time together and yeah. actually come to that place where we're willing to let others help mm. us change mm. into the future. Mm. And I think the community issue has been lost in the words. So how do we apprentice the life of Jesus with others yeah. so that we change yeah. and offer to others that kind of change? Yeah. Mm. Life change for us. So, mm. Anyways, some mm. lessons, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting too because I, I think in some ways like almost what the church has done because if, if you look at, again, look at the overarching story of these podcasts is you begin with that really sort of genuine, very organic, you know, Newport Beach, yep. people, young people hang out. Yep. And, um, but then, you know, we talked about it almost became packaged in a form. And in so, some ways I'm hearing the same thing with community, you know, and I think we can look at the baby boom generation and, and point fingers or whatever, which is, you know, um, but 
in some ways, I think I think we've inherited that, and yeah. younger generations perhaps yeah. even more intensely. Yeah. Like you yes. know, I just want to turn up every three weeks to that church, and they yep. seem to value community. I'm hoping I'm going to turn up for an hour and get community every yep. three weeks. It just doesn't work like that, you know. And I hear what you're saying. There's a you know the pri- the prize of surrender <laughs> is revelation, <laughs> yeah. but also maybe it's also surrendering ourselves to that process yeah. of growing close. Like you don't get to have community without giving up something. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's that giving up. That's that we, my generation refused to do. Yeah. I'm going to give up the time, the way I want it, my priorities to engage with you in the inconvenient time. Yeah. To actually uh, learn that somehow that's going to actually continue the process of making me more like him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I, there's wonderful people who are older who love Jesus, I just think are hungering. Mm. How do we, how do I make the move forward? Mm. And I think if we would allow him to interrupt us, we'd build it around intimacy. Mm. We go after it in a much more wholehearted way. We'd recognize that it's in the not knowing that we actually begin to know, mm. and doing it together are some mm. of the things. Yeah. And that there's so many more, but maybe that's a place to begin. Mm. Yeah, so great, so helpful. Mm. Um, Terry, a lot of this uh, is in a book that you've got coming out in the middle of this year called Mm. The Unlikely Nomads. Uh, We will uh, make sure that we come back to that when (laughs) when it does get released and um, remind our listeners because I think it's a really helpful uh, paradigm paradigm shift to have a concept of as Mm. we navigate this whole new realm. I think exploring. I think I'm more excited now about my walk with Jesus than I've been in 20 or 30 years. Wow! In the midst of this incredible transition, mm. I more want now to to go on this journey of finding out the new church that mm. He's trying to create than I ever did. Mm. Before I was trying to defend what I've done. Now I want to be a part of what He's doing. Yeah. Mm. And I think that in and of itself mm. uh, is the rallying point for so many. So I just want to mm. encourage some of the older believers out there, don't give up. Mm. This yeah. is uh, not all for naught. God is mm. transitioning all of us to mm. a new kind of church. Mm. And I think it's it's been really helpful to even reflect for those who perhaps are feeling that hunger, feeling the expectation yeah. at the moment. You know, we began by talking about renewal and, you know, our prayer is for renewal to come and we might have incredible outpourings of the Holy Spirit but also what I'm taking is that's brilliant and we need that recharging, but also we need to finish well additionally. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Because it would be a tragedy if in the next five years God's just pouring his spirit everywhere and then in 30, 40, 50 years people are not finishing well. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so it's that continual renewal. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. ongoing process mm. of renewal, mm. which is another characteristic, and I won't go long, but another characteristic of those who finish well, um, repeated times of renewal. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to run on yesterday's renewal. Mm. Mm. I'm going to be a God chaser mm. yeah. and go after him in a new, yes. fresh way. Yeah. Mm. And have my passion and my life being, Jesus, what are you at work doing and yeah. how do I join you in yes. your yeah. Yes. That's, That's great. finishing well. Oh, mm. And also a great place to finish yes. this yes. episode. Yes. Just want to thank this you episode well. again, Terry. Oh, yeah. um, we are so thankful yeah. for the way that you have and continue to support us as a staff mm. team. Mm. Um, yeah, it's deeply helpful yeah. um, and so important, but also the way that you have 
poured into leaders through yeah. across the world, uh, mm. not only through our podcast but through all that you do. Mm. Um, so, again, if you didn't catch it in our previous episode, you can get a whole bunch of different resources through Terry's organisation, Leader Breakthrough at leaderbreakthroughthru.com uh, and there is a whole list of books, there's a podcast and there's all sorts of um, tools and resources to support you as you navigate leadership yeah. in a changing world. Mm, yeah.